You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi T. Jacobson with NRM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking to our learning stuff and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at Let's Talk Torah.com, and of course, I will answer as many as I can. And of course, the better location is to go to our webpage that's Let's Talk Torah.net. Let's Talk Torah.net. You can leave your questions, your comments. You can find the old shows, the archives. You can find the new shows. Everything gets uploaded. And that all-important donate button, you can please hit that donate button. We have different levels there. You want to be anonymous. You want to shout out. Whatever works for you, of course, works for us. So please, please um, continue to hit that donate button and help the show as we continue to grow. Thank you so very much in advance. It was really cold this week. I mean, it was freezing. You had to have the car started. Good thing you got those uh, automatic car starters. Um, Ice, snow, finally. I mean, we complained it's not so cold. It was really, really cold around here. Not like other places in the country, but single digits, wind chill, below zero. Uh, A lot of the public schools canceled school. You don't want children standing outside by a bus stop. We just tell the parents, you know, find a way to get your kid here. And uh, my class comes, it was Sunday or Monday, and they said, oh, so we're going outside for recess? I said, "Uh, no, we are not going outside for recess. This is not safe weather to be outside for recess. We'll just have to be in the gym. But it's interesting. Some classes I've had love going outside. Some would rather be inside. This year's class, they love it outside. I... And I almost always take them. But this week was just way, way too cold. We stayed inside where it's toasty warm. But in Egypt, where it's toasty warm, they're having all kinds of other difficulties. As we get into the Torah portion, where the Jewish nation finally will leave Egypt, head into the desert, head towards Mount Sinai, That's this week's Torah portion, and it was a warmer time of year. It was actually the time where the crops were getting ready. Last week's Torah portion, we had the hail, and this week's Torah portion, we have the locusts. wasn't going to be my focus, just to, and I didn't mean to rhyme, just to get us into what's going on. So the first plague will come, or actually we're up to the eighth plague, and then the ninth plague, darkness will come. Moses will go to Pharaoh. Pharaoh will amazingly threaten Moses and say, if you ever see me again, I'll kill you. Now, it's the plague of darkness. Pharaoh can't see Moses. Moses can see Pharaoh. What exactly does Pharaoh think is going to happen? Moses stands there telling you that, you know, you want to let us go or not, and you threaten to kill him. But he could kill you. I would say that... The Pharaoh figured out already by now that Moses cannot kill him. 
he needs the Pharaoh to free the Jewish nation, which is true, by the way. Otherwise, we could have stuck out a hundred times right away. Why don't we sneak out till now? So the Pharaoh knew we're not leaving till Pharaoh gives us permission. So Pharaoh knows Moses is not touching me. So Moses gives Pharaoh the final warning, and then he leaves. He's upset. Pharaoh missed the boat. All, all these plagues. Moses has been trying to tell Pharaoh that God sent me to give you the message. God's bringing the plague. God's doing this. God's doing that. And the Pharaoh decides it's Moses. Like, Moses can't understand. You're shooting the messenger. You, you have missed the boat the whole time. It's not me. It's all God. Yelling at me is not going to help you. But in any case, so Moses leaves the palace and God gives Moses the first command for the Jewish nation. It's not the first mitzvah in the Torah. We've had a sprinkling um, in the uh, in the in Sefer Bereshis, in the book of Genesis, uh, getting married, having children, circumcision, um, not eating uh, a certain sinew in the back of an animal, but overall, it, perhaps you have the seven Noahide laws, those are usually repeated later, but as a nation, we are now getting our first command. And it is interesting, if I were to ask you, if you think about it for a second or longer, what would you make the first command? Are you talking to the nation and becoming the Jewish nation and we're going to serve God? Like, what is the first command? Maybe Sabbath, maybe Passover, maybe kindness, loving your, loving your neighbor. Like, there's a whole bunch that you would put first. And interesting enough, the first command is that the court um, makes the month. And as we call that Kiddush HaChodesh, that the court declares which day is the first day of the new month. Okay, whether it's, whether it's mathematical, um, they have to see the new moon, we need witnesses, whatever the different process is, which is not what I wanted to get into, just the concept that this, I mean, it's, don't get me wrong, very important. You can't have holidays without the new moon. But why would that be the first command you're going to give to the Jewish people? We're going to get the command of the new moon, and then we're going to get the command of getting ready for Passover, preparing the Passover sacrifice, taking it a few days early, tying it to your bed, and all the laws of slaughtering, the blood, the roasting, all that stuff is all Passover because we're leaving Egypt. But why? Why? is the first command given to the Jewish people, the command of the new month, the new moon, the Rosh Chodesh. So I saw some very interesting thoughts that we should think about when it comes to Rosh Chodesh. First things first, we were slaves. On a side point, it's an interesting question. Like, why were we really slaves? Like, it was forced labor, but we were never sold as slaves. We just woke up one day and they forced us to be slaves. But let's, let's accept the fact, because we need the Pharaoh to free us, let's accept the fact that we're slaves. One of the things that makes a slave not like a regular hired worker, if you call me to do a job in your house, I could choose to come, 
I can choose when I come. Now, you could fire me. You could decide you don't like the job I did. You want to pay me. You don't want to pay me. But oh, we had somebody come and do electric in the house. We weren't sure. It seemed a little expensive. Okay, you could decide you want. You don't want. That's fine. But when somebody comes to work for me and I pay him, it's still his time. He can choose to come late. We've had all kinds of guys like that. Come early, come late, not show up for a day or two. Okay, you can decide if you want that kind of worker. That's your decision. You're paying for it. No problem. But at the end of the day, it's the worker's time that you're paying for. He wants to show up late. He wants to take over a day or two. You decide if you hold on to him. A slave does not have any time. There's no such thing. Slave is taking a day off. Slave is going to sleep late. You know, call it a day early. There's no such thing. A slave is a slave, right? He doesn't own his time. You own his time. So perhaps God is trying to tell the Jewish people, until now, these last couple hundred years, you didn't have any time. Time did not belong to you. Now, for the first time, time is yours. You are in charge of time. How to use your time. You can use it to visit people. You can use it to be friendly. You can use it to, to do kind deeds. You can use it to help people who are sick. You can use it to go to a food bank. You could use it to study Torah. You could use it to study with your children. You have time. What do you do with your time? God now said, you're leaving Egypt. Time now belongs to you. What are you doing with your time? That is a powerful thought, right? In other words, the idea is, you don't say, I'll do it tomorrow. you got to make today count. What are you doing today to make today count? Sometimes, okay, my morning, I know what I do. I teach children. I eh, Every minute is precious. We're getting ready for a big uh, presentation, so... The assistant principal came in and he wanted to talk about a program. I knew he needed like 15 minutes. And it was just bad timing. So I said, you know, can you come back at 1 o'clock? i got to finish some things up. Because time is of the essence. Time is precious. How do I use my time? My afternoons, I'm fundraising. Am I using my time wisely? Am I not using my time wisely? Am I getting thrown into a meeting? They're discussing uh, someone's gift of $500? Like... My time has to be valuable. I can't sit and fight like, it's your money, it's his money, it's her money. Like, who cares? Like, the money's here. We got the money. You want us to claim it's yours? Take it. Like, I'm not wasting time over that. Time has value. Everything we do is selling our time. Right? It's. I mean, it becomes a, a scary thought sometimes, right? In other words, how valuable is my time? I am supposed to be, be sitting and studying and... And I decide, you know, uh, I want to take a walk around the block. So that's what your Torah study time, that's its value. What is the value of my time? Right? What can I do today? Don't push it off for tomorrow. Obviously, if you have multiple things to do, so you do some things today, some things tomorrow. But, but that's time. That's really the lesson of the first command. The Jewish people are being told... You should know the first thing that happens when you are free is you now own time. 
And if you own time, what are you going to do with it? What value are you putting to your time? As people say, hey, grab the day, seize the opportunity, or it goes away. Right? There's, there's, what do they say? Right? There's, there's no time like the present, and there's no present like time. Right? Time is a gift. Time is a present. But because time is so precious, so I, I want to say sometimes, many times, get out of your comfort zone. Do something incredible with your time. I know I have a, I have a board in my office. Very, it's more like a closet, but I, you know, I have some lists of things that I'm trying to accomplish. And one of the questions on the on the board is, what did you do today to take care of numbers one through three? Whatever accomplishments I'm looking to do, what did you do today? Not what am I going to do tomorrow when I'm going to make lists and plans and what are you going to do? We, we had a meeting with somebody yesterday, gave us some brand new ideas. Great. So on one idea I was able to take care of last night, three, I started working on today. I, I don't have to finish it, but what did you do? Okay. Once we're talking about um, the new moon, so... The, the next thing to, to think about when we talk about the, 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 the Rosh Chodesh, the new moon, is the moon, as everybody knows, depending when you are in the month, if it's a small sliver and gets bigger, and then you have half a moon, then you have a full moon, and then it goes down to a quarter of a moon, and then it gets another sliver, and then eventually it disappears. The moon has cycles every single month. Every month, it goes from small to big, back down to small, which is really what life is all about, right? Life has its ups and downs. But one, e even when the moon is on its way down, it's going to renew. It's going to fix itself. It's not figuring itself, but that's the cycle, right? But what you want to learn from the cycle is that you can have up and downs in life. We all have up and downs in life. That's that's the way things go. Things do not always go the way we would like them to go. Things happen, unfortunately. But you can renew. You can start again. You can say, forget about yesterday. What am I doing today? If today was a good day, great. Today wasn't such a good day. I know we talk about time. What can I do today? But it happens. That sometimes the day is not going the way you want. Go to sleep. Wake up tomorrow. Start fresh. That's also part of what we're trying to learn from the new moon. Okay, so that's the first command they get. What happens next? So next, Moses gives the Jewish people um, all the rules and regulations for the Passover sacrifice. That happens to be Egypt, the first sacrifice, had different rules and regulations. There's no temple. There's no altar. The, the rules for the sum of the rules for the Passover sacrifice were different the first time in Egypt than what's going to happen um, later on. For example, uh, where do you put the blood? So if you have a temple, you throw the blood on the altar, on the Mizbeach. Here, they actually put the blood on the doorposts. Put on the two doorposts, on the lintel. And I always point out 
God says you got to put the blood on the doorpost, and I'll pass over your houses. It, it's not a, a, it's not a force field. It's not that God can't go into the house because we know the Egyptians were not fools. The Egyptians were going to take Jewish children and put them in their houses. And they were going to take Egyptian children and put them in Jewish houses. They didn't help. The firstborn Egyptian, even in a Jewish house that had blood, is dead. The Jewish child in an Egyptian house is living. So what's the blood on the doorpost? The blood on the doorpost is just signifying that God gave me a command. I follow God's commands. You follow God's commands. He protects you. So the protection is not a force field protection. The protection is you do what God asks you to do. God protects you. At least that was the command in this case. I'm not saying automatically you do what God says. He's got to protect you. Perhaps God decides you don't deserve to be protected. One has nothing to do with another at all. It's two totally different um, conversations. So that's that's one example. Um, they had to eat the sacrifices <clears throat> as if they're as if they're leaving. Walking sticks and belts tightened and shoes on their feet. They they were eating in a manner that showed, I'm out of here. Also, it seems that you, you were supposed to eat with your family the first Passover. Other Passovers, you want to eat with friends, neighbors. But the first Passover seems like specific family. There's a lot of things that were the same. It has to be a sheep or a goat less than a year old. And it has to be a male. It has to be perfect. And, and after you slaughter it, you're going to roast it whole. So the whole country knows, everybody knows you're having a Passover sacrifice. So an interesting, an interesting verse. I had to speak by a, um, it's called a Sheva Brachis. So it's the week uh, after the wedding. So a friend's uh, daughter just got married. So I spoke. So I said the following. After Moses gave these commands, the verse says, Vayelchu, meaning they went, Vayasu, and they did. So Rashi comments that they couldn't have done it yet. These commands are not for another two weeks, one after ten days, getting the sheep and tying to the bed. Um, everything else was not for two weeks. So what do you mean they did? So Rashi says that just going with the intent of doing as they were commanded God gives them credit as if they automatically did it, as if it's already done. It's a done deal. Now, it doesn't mean that if I would love to give a million dollars to charity, God looks at it like he gave charity because I don't have a million dollars in the bank. So it means, obviously, something that you could do, you're planning on doing, you have the ability to do it, so that's, that you're already, <clears throat> that's called done. That's called you already did it. So I mentioned, it's interesting, that um, we get credit as if we already did it. We call that ki'ilu. But I was talking about my secretary. I said, a secretary doesn't get to work on as if I did it. A secretary has to make sure the work is done. If the work's not done, then you put me behind the apple. If you don't send out my letters... If you don't get out my emails, if you if you don't do the preparations and the and the different uh, tasks that I gave you to do, so it's very nice you wanted to do it and you planned on doing it and you had good intentions, but if it's not done, it's not done. But in this case, God has the ability to say, 
It's already done. And then they went ahead and did it. Um, something else that I spoke about by the Sheva Brachas was the concept of, of what was the message? What was, what was happening to the Jewish people during the slavery? And I was, God, God had a reason why we had to be slaves. There was a reason we had to be slaves. There was something that we needed to do to correct who and what we were as a people. And it's almost like the cherry on top was the Passover sacrifice. So there's an interesting law about a Passover sacrifice, and that is when you bring the sacrifice, you cannot bring the sacrifice as an individual. You have to have other people with you, even if it's one person. You, you must have other people with you. And after you make that sacrifice, wherever you're eating it, everybody eats together. You cannot cut it in half and say, okay, you guys take it to your house. I'll take it to my house. We eat the sacrifice as a group. So what's going on? So he says like this. Rizabas Ruskin says, how do we go down to Egypt? So we had Jacob. has 12 boys. The Most of them don't like uh, Joseph. Joseph has dreams. Tells the brothers he's going to be king. And the brothers say, this guy thinks he's going to be king, having dreams, he's going to rule over us. Forget about it. Let's just sell him to Egypt. So we have these brothers that didn't act as brothers. So the whole purpose, I think we talked about it last week, the whole purpose of this slavery was to teach us to learn to be brothers, to act with friendship, to act with love towards each other. So what happens? That's the purpose of the slavery. What's the sacrifice that we bring? The Passover sacrifice. The only sacrifice that you have to bring as a group, and the group has to stay together. That's what's coming out of the whole slavery and the Passover sacrifice. It is our job to learn to be together. That, that is really an amazing lesson. And I think... You know, we, we has rough times going on. The uh, the the world is not uh, the same place it was a little while ago, right? So, and, and I we've talked about this. One of the things in Israeli society was uh, they're at each other's necks, different groups and factions and 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 lefty and righty and and friendly and hating each other and who knows what. So what does God do? You're fighting with each other. I'm gonna. I'm going to have these terrorists start up with you, and then you're going to learn to live together. And that's really what happens every single time. Right? These terrorists come in, obviously they commit atrocities, and the, the Jewish world, for the most part, um, becomes one. We become together. We, we learn to love each other again. We learn to care for each other again. And we learn that all the nitty-gritty doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, all the little stuff just doesn't matter. I'm Jewish. You're Jewish. I take care of you. You take care of me. I pray for you. You fight. We, everybody does what we need to do. You need help. I'll, we, we'll have uh, fundraisers. We'll, 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 everybody 
everybody starts to work together. And that was really the lesson we were supposed to learn, being slaves. That's the lesson of the Passover sacrifice. And that became the lesson of what we're dealing with today. So I don't think I'm going to get through this story. So I'm going to, one more, as much as I can get through before the music starts to play. Oh, and there goes the music. Look at that. We'll get more into this in the next show. Anyways, the music is playing. I hope you enjoyed it short and sweet. Thank you, of course, to all the wonderful sponsors and listeners. And I can't do without you. Thank you, one production team. We have Alan with us today in the back. I hope I've left you some food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi Sue Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NRM Streamcast. Until next time, don't forget to think about it. There's a house we 